Oh, here we go. Can you talk a little bit? Yeah, I'm talking. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm just a big idiot. I didn't push a button. What button didn't you push? Uh, the input on my uh, on my mixer. This is mm, it's like a multi solid. input, so like you can put in like a quarter inch and uh, an external feed or something like a USB and other stuff. And I pushed the wrong one. I am so sorry. Ah, oh, jeez, I can't. I can't. <laughs> what I, an embarrassment! We should, what we should call it. Complete, we should call this off. Complete embarrassment. <laughs> Man, what uh, is up, my dude? Dude, I am. I'm incredibly, incredibly excited to talk to you because I feel like I'm on the verge of, of being more honest with myself. I think this is a good opportunity to connect with you again. And, you know, more than anything, it's just a blast to get to talk to you again, because we talk, you know, we have these really deep, really fundamental discussions (laughs) and then we go a year without talking. (laughs) (laughs) one of one of my fondest memories from college is us is me sitting in a mcdonald's having like a two-hour conversation with you about uh why theater uh is about to disappear uh from existence (laughs) yeah and uh and i i completely love it i am uh completely fascinated by your take on things and i want to i want to start at the beginning are we, are we recording? Are we going? Is everything I happening? I think we're going. I think it's happening now. I'm, I'm trying to do okay. the best I can, not really <laughs> censoring much, just having a, as honest uh, a conversation as I can. And Right. Not, not staging a cold open, you know? So yeah, we, yeah. I mean, out. it's literally, you play the song, you maybe have a little bit of, of uh, the, the ringing of the call, and then we begin, because I think that's kind of how it should be. But Great. what I want to get at, what I want to get at with you though, because you are one of my oldest friends and I respect the shit out of you and you're a what tremendous. Are, what are we at? Almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think, right. We met like freshman yeah. year of high school. We, that would have been, we met in 2001. Or, yeah. So that would yeah. have been 20 years ago this year. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. It's unreal. Wild, time man. is, time is flying and it's, it's phenomenal. Um, but one of the, time great, is it- Time is a soup. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. You, as a practitioner of many crafts, you're a hyphenate. You do a lot of things. But when you first started pursuing your creative intuitions, that impulse, that thing when you were younger, where did that come from for you when you were first starting out? You mean like what was the motivation? What what yeah, was the reason or, to start and, it? And in what form did it originate? Because you're you're a musician, you're a designer, you're a, you're an actor, you're a lot of things. But I I kind of want to get to the main uh, seed that kind of brought forth all of this stuff. Um. Yeah, that's easy. That it's my older brother, <laughs> uh, uh, Emmett. Uh, when I was in middle school, so that would have been what late nineties. Um, decided to go to uh, CWC for theater and was mm. like a guitar player and an actor and he started doing design and I just like idolized this guy so much that I remember um, I remember so the um, I was in he was in Riverton Wyoming and I went in and just like hung out with him for a day of classes or mm. something and he was rehearsing a scene uh, for a class it was Richard the third it was the uh, Clarence death scene 
So the the Duke of Clarence, these two murderers come in and they they have a big long conversation with the Duke of Clarence before they finally like shiv him and and <laughs> cast him into the Malmsley butt within. And I I remember watching the scene and just being like, I don't understand what they're saying, but it sounds so cool. <laughs> like they mean it. Like they're really like digging they into mean it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then I went back to I went back to Laramie that year. Uh, and for the talent show enlisted two other people to do that scene, like the exact <laughs> same cutting of that scene. Cause I wanted to say those Clarence words so bad. I still have a decent amount of it memorized. It's the very first thing I ever did on stage. And how old were you? And I, Oh God, at that time, what was it? Um, sixth grade. So that would have been okay. What? 12, right? Yeah. 13, something like that. It would have been two years before I moved to Evanston because I did that. And then the next year I did the parrot skit from Monty Python. <laughs> and then the next year I was in eighth grade at Evanston. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I don't me. mean or to interject, grade. but I do have to thank you for so many references that you've given me over the years. So many like artistic <laughs> um, works that, that just kind of like transform me. One of them being Monty Python. I watched Monty Python with you the first time. The Holy Grail. Uh, it's, and It's sublime. Oh my God. Um, it's, you, and it still holds up. There's, there is zero, yeah. like every time I sit down and watch a Monty Python skit, I, I still to this day think how relevant and how funny and how still ahead of its time it is. Like oh, for sure. people still aren't doing comedy. That's that smart. And that, that gripping, like, yeah. I don't know. Do you think they're underrated just, at this point? Do you think they don't get credit for that? I think that they have been so famous for so long. And they are so uh, uh, such a staple at this point that they're not underrated, but they're taken for granted. Mm-hmm. People look at that and go like, "Oh yeah, 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 Monty Python." It's always know, been like this. Amazing. Yeah, it's always been like this. Yeah, right. And you know, one of the big takeaways for me when I was younger, when I saw that, I must have been in like early high school when I saw that because I was very sheltered, as you know. Like growing up, there just sure, wasn't very much input, you know, for a lot of different works of art and. Watching well, that's growing up in Wyoming, everything oh, yeah. we got, we yeah. got like five years later than the rest of the world <laughs> got, you know, I remember discovering right. Nirvana in like 2001 for sure. Being like this yeah. guy's, this guy's been dead like seven years and I'm just <laughs> We're barely, hearing, barely getting news. Yeah, right. It's yeah, like, exactly. what are you telling me? John Lennon's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, but that, that was the, the most amazing thing watching Monty Python, the Holy Grail and watching that ending gave me a sense of of the meta nature of what we do as storytellers and it's almost like my head just fell out when i saw yeah. that moment and it revealed so much about who i am as a person and kind of what i like to write what intrigues me and looking at things from that kind of uh, existential kind of perspective and it's it's kind of silly to wrap it around the end of that movie but it's it was just a brilliant reveal you know, uh, I, I just, I can't get over that and I can't thank you enough for it, but coming back to you. Well, an, yeah, go ahead. It's an appreciation for the fact that rules are a lie that you get yeah, told yeah. your entire life that like, this is the only way to write. Every word has to be spelled this way. Every movie yes. has to follow this formula. And Absolutely. it's like, that's not true. 
uh, that like art and language and existence is so fluid. And if I say something, and even if it's not in the freaking dictionary, can I cuss on this? I don't know if I should. You cuss do or what not you you do you. I I just want to talk I'll, to you. <laughs> However I'll, I'll you want. To, because the fear. You know what I love about this. You know what I love about this is the degree of fury that I that you have for what you do. Yeah. And and I I love that so much. So you well, I, do you do you? It's, it's it's just this thing that you get you get told that like that like this is what language is. And I want to say like no, if I say a word, and even if it's not a real word, if you understand my meaning and you mm-hmm. understand uh, what it is I'm trying to say and how I'm trying to say it, then it's a word that it exists. Exactly. You know what I mean? And the same thing for every form of art, right? Like. Yes. And I think the, the end of, of freaking Holy Grail is perfect for that because mm-hmm. you look at it and go, this is not how this movie should end. <laughs> like, it's not. But it's, it's absolutely it, ridiculous. But it but is it's the also, only way. It is the only it's way. It's perfect. Exactly. Like, because exactly. of its logic, because of the way that it's been leading. I mean, that was the most shocking thing to me is like, you can end movies like this. You yeah, can right. do this. And I literally, I, I was almost crying tears of joy. Like, I'd never seen anything like it. And. I, I just recall being blown away, but coming back to this real quick, when you moved to Evanston and you went into your theater classes proper, which were classes with, uh, with Shetler mm-hmm. that you and I attended, did you feel that what, what kind of training did we receive? Like in your objective point of view now? Uh, I think Sonia Shetler, uh, is a, as a goddess among people. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I think that, the thing that she did so successfully and and hopefully you can attest to this as well is that she never said no and i don't mm. mean that in the like improv aspect of like it's always yes and always go with it it's mm-hmm. it was it was if somebody walked up to her if you ever walked into class and you said i would like to try this the most criticism you would get for wanting to try it was, well, if it doesn't work, then like <laughs> that's on you. Right. And right. you go like, okay, great. And so, and so I remember thinking like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I liked being on stage, but was really nervous about it. And I, I, I think I started to realize the, the, beauty of collaboration and the beauty of composition like mm-hmm. again she just kind of said i remember at one point designing um the time machine i think i don't know what that would have been that our junior tenth, year 10th grade yes you, you were you were maybe in it so point. much that I, I can see you designing like at 10th grade i think you were probably I hit, there i did acting one and tech one and two my freshman year mm. which meant i did acting two and tech two every semester after that. Like I was, I was fully in that department the entire time. Oh yeah. But I remember at one point, like this is, this is so stupid. I'm going to get a little technical for a second, but like taking all of the psych lights. So the big, the big um, lights that are supposed to light your, your, your psychorama in the back, the big lights in the back. And I turned them all straight down so that they washed the entire stage from the top. And I used that as our color palette for the entire show. And I remember her going, "Mm, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, why not? And she goes, well, like, that's not how they're supposed to be used. I was like, yeah, but look how cool it looks. And she went, (laughs) okay, we'll see if it, we'll see if it goes. Like I said, I think that her, her ability to just say, give it a shot. Right. This might go badly, but like, that's the only way you can learn. Or something as, 
beautifully interesting as having you and I play brothers. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> what a great scene! I have a copy of that scene. Do you, do you? Do you know I have that filmed? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I oh have, my god! Um, yeah, send it to me. And it, uh, for it must for... be. I think it's. I think it's on literal cassette tape. Um, oh my uh, word! My dad, I think, filmed us doing it f- for either state drama or for speech that year. I can't remember which Beautiful. version I have, but I, I might even have both if I can take a look. Wonderful. And we're talking yeah. about Sam Shepard's True West where we Oof, played brothers. Great this Mexican yeah. guy and, and a white guy just playing brothers. And I love that. I I felt very empowered in her care. Being able to yeah. take a chance in a way that I hadn't been able to take a chance before. And also I was empowered by, like my actions were empowered my decisions on stage as an actor, as a, as a creative, because before then it felt kind of like I was wandering, trying to find something, trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with all this that I have? I mean, I started as a writer, but then going into that class, it felt like, no, you can be, you can be implementing your creative forces in a variety of different ways. And you can really feel that as honestly as possible. And I'm so grateful. She taught me too a, a thing that I testify to this day about, and that's that it's that every art form I've ever been a part of, you can approach in almost the same way. Like it's yeah. about learning your tool set and how those tools work, and then implementing those tools in a way that's not only efficient but also um, hopefully experimental. Hmm. And I think that she she's the one that taught me like this is what you have now figure out how to use that. And I the think problem that that... solving mentality of, yeah, of exactly. looking at what you have in front of you. This is what I have to work with. Let's make something let's build and assemble in such a way that they've never seen it before, that they've never put those things together in that iteration and still tell you something that is as old as time and yeah. carry that message. But when you went to college and you moved down to, to Mesa, what really was that was the next step? <laughs> For you, like going into into collegiate stuff, the level. What what was your takeaway from Mesa? Um, Mesa was so great because it's very hands on. Like you, there were some really great like theoretical conversations, and you know, you would step into classes and you would do all of these. Um, you know, I I designed shows that I would never be able to put up that were way too expensive. And like you did all of that stuff uh, theoretically, but then, but then every one of those was coupled with, okay, now let's go get our hands dirty. We're going to hang eight shows a year and you're going to learn how to program for somebody else. You're going to learn how to have somebody program for you. You're going to program your own shows. You're going to, you know, build as many sets as possible. You're going to spend four hours a day building sets. And then a half an hour later, go into a four hour rehearsal where you're acting. Like the, it was literally just this immersive. If you wanted to be a part of it, you just had to bully your way in. And once you were there, like you could just, you could just do anything. And, and it was, so it was um, putting your head down and yeah. becoming a practitioner. Like actually, yeah I, think, yeah. I think that's it. We had this really great um, scene design uh, professor uh, named uh, Dave Cox, who I think taught me the best lesson of design there is. And that is everything 
can be something else that you don't need mm. a big budget and to buy the Beautiful. exact right things in order to do it. Like walk out to the dumpster and find that crappy cardboard and turn that into something else. Like, oh. like everything can be implemented and you don't have to spend money in order to, to make art. In fact, recycled art so much of the time has more meaning than it's more you, powerful. than yeah, that yeah. I, well, it's, I think it, that that was huge. Yeah, I totally agree because I'm I'm psyched about that because it really becomes a part of my philosophy, which is the way that UNESCO saw it, which is you don't have to be literate, you know, or or literal on stage. You mm-hmm. need to reinvent. You need to reshape and and give it new meaning, assign new meaning to the thing. To to that's the only way that you can be original. That you can take things that are disparate and then turn them into something brand new. And I just, I love that approach because it's also part of like the poor man's theater, right? You, you Mm -hmm. make do with what you have, you create as you go, but obviously um, now you're, you're finding yourself in a lot of different design situations as you're working in Seattle. You've, you've been around for a while, man. (laughs) Yeah. I've been working professionally almost 15 years in seattle at this wow. point how, yeah. how was that for you getting started in seattle once you left mesa and and really dug deep because i'm I'm in awe of how you did that i still haven't figured it out and that's why i bailed on seattle because i i had no idea <laughs> well well it was horrible like it, <laughs> it, it i i mean i think the thing the thing that's hard um so I just I'm I'm at a point in my career right now. I'm going to kind of talk about now in order to talk about then. Yeah. Where I'm I am a, a resident designer at several different companies. I'm working freelance pretty consistently. Um I I currently am only doing theater and gigging. I'm not I'm not day jobbing at all. Um which took, you know, again, 15 years in order to get there. And very recently, I had a um, sit-down conversation with uh, a graduate student from uh, the University of Washington, uh, UW, not UW, as yeah. it is. <laughs> and and he, um, we were. I was interviewing him basically to come in and be uh, an assistant and an intern for a show I'm doing uh, next May, I think, uh, for Theater Twenty Two, and. One of the things I was immediately struck with is, so I never went to grad school. I got out of undergrad and I just kind of started working. I just mm-hmm. started saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go in and I'm going to find a job and I'm going to get paid 50 bucks or a drink ticket for it. And like, I'm going to spend two weeks on a show that I'm going to get three drinks out of. And like, that's all I'm going to get paid for it, which is a, a, an unbelievable amount of time when you think about right. how much energy you're putting in, not just into tech, but into, into um, all of the pre-production and, and making sure this, the show can continue afterwards. And, and this, this kid, this graduate student uh, who is lovely, by the way, I, I I'm really excited to actually work with him. Uh, but was, immediately talking about how he was going to get into the regional theater or the repertory theater, you know, circuit, or, you know, he was thinking about moving to New York and trying to get a show off Broadway. And I just remember thinking like, I didn't understand that that was possible when Mm -hmm. I got out of college. I just, all I knew how to do was bullshit my way through a lot of hard work. I tell Kenneth, 
consistently. I don't think I'm necessarily very talented, but I will work so hard that I can. You know, I'm biting my tongue. Any show you want, you know what I mean? Well, no, it's it's the thing that like to to me. Th- uh, things come pretty slowly. They always have. Even as an artist, I'm a slow worker. I, 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 it takes me a while. I think that the product that I put out is pretty good, but it takes me a long time to get there. And a lot of people, it doesn't. A lot of people, it comes very natural and it mm. comes very quickly. But I've always said, like, I'll put my head down and I'll work my ass off. Like, I will, I will, I'll work 60 hours. There was one time at Balligan, I put in over 100 hours one week. Oh, I, I mean, it imagine. was literally, I, I was literally sleeping at the theater while I, while we were putting up those shows. And, and the show is awesome and it was beautiful, but it took me that time to get there. Like, yeah. like I, I, I didn't know how to prep it in a way that it wouldn't take that time. So I think that, I think that. Trying to get a start in theater, especially in Seattle, where it's a lot of low budget stuff. It's a lot of fringe theater. It's a lot of people doing theater for the love of it, not for the not for the career. Which I again, I really appreciate, and I think that I re fell in love with theater while I was there, or while I was while I was in that fringe circuit. But but it it is just definitely a lot of like put your head down, work, just do it. You got to do it. You don't have time to think about it. You just kind of. You got 20 hours and the show goes up. So good luck. Get it done. Like, <laughs> and I, I that's I just, the mentality I still bring to a lot of theater. L- let me just make a, a point real quick, because I do believe that you're an incredibly hardworking person, but I also find that the reason you slave away so much is because your standards are much higher than everyone else's and your taste is a lot better than anyone else's. So what you are doing might take a little bit more. Might take a little bit of extra effort to get to that unique, specific bit of work that you're trying to achieve, whereas most people stop looking. You know, they look at something, and I think I'm, I kind of have that issue where I look at it and I'm like, ah, oh, that's good enough. You don't have that. You don't have that filter that says, I need to stop here. You say, but how can we twist this a little bit? How can we turn this this direction so that we can make it even better, even more new and refreshing? I firmly that's, believe... That's- that that is a, a point of pride that you should have because you're you're visionary and I love you. So uh, that's it's, it's very sweet of you to say. I I would only retaliate with saying, <laughs> uh, I have to twist it and I have to flip it and I have to do it later because I couldn't get it right the first time. Like that go. is that's that's <laughs> where I come from. Is it's like I'll get there, but it's just going to take me a second to mm. to get to where I think we need to be. Yeah. So uh, the main takeaway here with this student then was that uh, you, you're going to have to put your head down and just chip away at this thing. It might not take as long as you think it will uh, and be patient or, or how did that, how did that go about then? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that was kind of it. Like I, it, I, I again think that I w- am and have been on a very different um, uh, uh, end goal than I think a lot of people wants you know i think a lot of people get into the arts especially now even more so than when we were young but they get into the arts um expecting money and fame or Mm. or some version of that you know i i think we're in such an interesting time for art right now because anyone can do it because there's Mm -hmm. a better phone or a better camera on my phone than we could afford growing up. Like there's so much exposure. You could, anybody can post to YouTube and potentially get a hit. TikTok 
you know, you, you're watching stars rise out of these platforms that that weren't available 20 years ago. At a speed for that we couldn't words. anticipate. Exactly. And so I think that there's a there's a almost a sycophancy of of uh, celebrity in this culture that yeah. that people get into it expecting or wanting to uh, be known and be renowned. And I, I I don't know. I'm not as interested in that. I'm much yeah. more interested in in making something pretty. Like uh, yeah yeah. That that's that to me is where the worth lies. I've always said when I'm teching a show. Uh, being in tech and making something is so much fun. And the minute an audience shows up, I really got nothing to do there. Like like I'm kind of done done at that point. Yeah. I can walk away and not feel too bad about it. Right. You mentioned something to me a long time ago that still sticks with me. It was when um, Snapchat came out. We're mostly on Instagram and you, you mentioned something that really blew my mind away. And I still think of it to this day where you said, a long time ago, decades ago, you used to be able to take a photograph and sell it for thousands of dollars. You used to be able to make a ridiculous amount of money on this piece of work that was very unique and specific to you. It it shared your like the artist's experience. But nowadays, you have photography as a method of communication, not in a an artistic academic way, but in in a way that it's almost supplanting conversation. Mm-hmm. And we, you and I talked about this for a long time where I, I wasn't sure if uh, clearly the worth of our work is now different because it, it now it's not just photography. It is all that we do, as you were saying, with TikTok and, and the rate of these things. So is there a way to still make a case for theater as as something that can still bring fruitfulness to a community? And I, I want to ask you this because I, I hope it's not a softball question, but I just really value your perspective on whether you think theater is important right now. Oh, I think theater is more important now than it was 30 years ago when a picture was important. Like what I, I think what's interesting. So uh, I'm going to quote, I went uh, right after college, um, a good friend of mine, Vanessa Jansen and I went on the bare naked ladies ships and dips cruise. <laughs> it was the only time I've been on a cruise. I felt uh, unbelievably uh, underclassed. Like I, really? I, yeah, like I should, I don't belong on a cruise, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of white trash from Wyoming. Like I, I, I don't, that's not my scene. It's like every time I walk into a nice restaurant and I'm wearing my, my, t-shirt and hoodie and i'm like what yeah. am i what am i doing it, it here? must be a wyoming thing but let me tell you this you are worth it for the ladies and you do it for the ladies <laughs> my goodness we got to talk about bare naked ladies in a bit but please continue i love them so i was on this i was on this cruise i'm not going to go into the to the cruise which was uh, pretty amazing i saw the second to last performance of the bare naked ladies with stephen page oh, oh what a what a, what a moment um but I was up, I can't remember who the presenter was, Jonathan Colton, maybe, or somebody was up up top. And uh, Ed Robinson came in and was was being interviewed by him. And people were talking about, it was sort of at the time where um, uh, Napster had just kind of come and gone. And, and so uh, downloading music on the internet had sort of just became, this is 2008, so had just become like a huge thing or 2009, something like that. And he said, artists no longer are making money on records. You're not 
you're not making a record and then selling it for millions of dollars. And that's where you're making your money soon. And we are now living in this time soon. The only value you're going to be on a piece of art is watching it happen and being made in front of you. And I think that that is such a sentiment for theater right now, because anybody can make film every it. TV shows that don't have a huge budget are ostensibly making gorgeous films now because the technology has hit a point. Cameras are so good and so cheap and After Effects is so powerful and so cheap that if you get a talented enough person working those that cheap gear, you can make something that that looks like Marvel. You can make something that looks huge and expensive. And so all of these these sort of low budget Netflix TV shows look like films. Look like mm. better than any film that was made in the in the nineties. I mean, <laughs> visually like. The way they're built, not the way that they're planned out. Again, there's a lot that that I think gets lost in the amount of time and the artistry that goes into what it is to make a film. Sure. Um, but I think that that we can now start to apply that sentiment to theater, where I think we're in a point now, especially coming out of COVID, that we're in a point now where sitting in a room with another group of people and watching a group of people make something in front of you live is going to intrinsically have value that that we uh don't see currently like like people are going to start stepping back into theaters and seeing shows and i think we're going to start seeing people who who didn't go to theater before start to experiment or with with this art form that that they didn't necessarily appreciate simply for the community building aspect of it and what it means to be in a room with other people. And I think that's going to take us a while. Lord knows large groups of people shouldn't be sitting in a room together currently. Right. But like, but I think that, I think that in the future, like that's going to be prized and that's going to be a, 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 something that that hopefully we as a society and as a culture can can come together and and lift up again i think so let me ask you about this i'm because i'm still in wyoming i see the environment that we grew up in every day and sometimes there's not a lot of change sometimes there's still some old ideas about what the arts are and what they can do what they can bring which you know to some people they they don't see the worth in in the arts and I'm hoping that you could help me brainstorm this because I firmly believe that the arts are a way for younger people to acquire soft skills. It's an opportunity for communities to at least gain a sense of empathy just a little bit to see things from somebody else's point of view. Is there a way to tackle this in like middle America or is, is middle America a lost cause for the arts? Are the arts just for certain kinds of people or do the arts belong to anyone and everyone? I think the, the arts belong to everybody. Even if, even if I, I think that the, the beauty of the arts, you know, capital T capital a arts, right? Like the, the, the cultural, uh, uh, phenomenon that is what we consider the arts is that, is that it, it has, it has several things that it actually does. The soft skills that you're talking about, where um, 
learning to simply public present, learning how to um, uh, uh, be around a group of people, learning how to collaborate with people, learning how to to um, communicate between fields that you may not necessarily uh, understand everything that's happening in that other field, and then learning to take notes from people and and to grow as a, as a human being are all are all part of theater. It's all of that collaboration, and then uh, and then on top of that, I think the best part of art is is that it says something from a point of view that not everybody's going to agree with that just because people people think so much of the time that art belongs to the 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 sort of liberal left you know what i mean your intellectuals yeah. or your leftists and like no that's sort of this elitist thing that that leftists employ in order to put other people down and i think that's that's unbelievably untrue that i've seen unbelievably beautiful art from people that I disagree with politically a hundred percent, but I can still look at that and go like, yeah, but that's still a gorgeous thing that they made. And just because I don't like the message or just because I don't agree with the message doesn't mean it shouldn't be made. Doesn't mean that, that, um, that, that my perspective is better than theirs. Like I think the fact that that it's such a powerful tool for communication. Mm. I, I think it should be taught to everybody. I think, I mean, look at, again, I, I don't want to necessarily go on a political rant, <laughs> but like, look at the entire last four years of our presidency. Mm. You, you cannot, you have to call that theater. Like that is <laughs> that some is. <laughs> amazing theater. The one thing that that man was so good at was, understanding his audience and understanding how to control the way that they saw him. And like, that's, that's theater in a nutshell. And like, I, I think that, I think that everybody can benefit from it, whether or not I agree with uh, what people with are saying. It with it, that, used, has nothing to, right. that has nothing to do with the fact that it is such a powerful tool. And I think should be, should be valued uh, especially in our education system much higher than it Spot is on. so uh talking about education i i i am curious you knowing wyoming the way it is what would you <clears> do to implement theater or or at least a bit of the arts in a way that will communicate with these people here in our, in our state which is sort of a a part of a demographic that a lot of the time you know i my values are confronted here every day you know i'm sometimes i i'm you know, I'm still pretty liberal, a pretty liberal guy. And every now and then I confront folks who completely disagree with me on this, but how can we find common ground to promote the arts in a place like this? I mean, I think, I think the, the very first thing, hmm, that's such a big question. Yeah. And um, I'm I sorry, because think... you're a Wyoming guy. So you kind of get a sense of like what the climate is here for that. That's why Sure, I sure. I think what I would say is the thing – I think we should unmarry it from, from again, the capital T, capital A arts. Like I, I, think, I think that sadly putting that, um, that sort of nomenclature with it, uh, it, it is going to give it a name, a bad name in a way that people aren't going to approach it well. And so mm -hmm. I think 
I think even if we were able to teach things like public speaking or like composition or, you know what I mean? Like if we were able to take it away from theater as this, as this like. Like this grand, <laughs> uh, you know, presentational thing that is only available cultural- to some people. And in, in Wyoming, and again, I, I, I can only say this because I experienced it firsthand growing up, but in Wyoming, if if you are a, a theater kid, there is a – there is a, a, the way that people look at you and the way that people interact with you is, is very specific and mm-hmm. very different. Like yeah. you are an outsider, yes. and the only reason – you can then be a part of certain other groups as if you can find your ways into other activities. And there are some people that are very good at running between groups. You, Jaime, were very, very good at weaving your way through social groups all the way through high school. I was it's because I, I, I self-alienated from all of them all at once. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but I think that I think that it's, if we can divorce the arts from the skills that the arts can give us, then I think that I think that uh, you can teach that any, anywhere. I think that yeah. teaching, you know, a, a, a person who does business that has experience in speech and debate is going to be more successful than a person who doesn't because you consistently have to communicate and you have to present and you have to understand from another person's point of view. And that is not a soft skill that gets taught. Honestly, I think anywhere, like I think that there are specific schools and specific districts that maybe are better at it than others. But like even in Seattle, you know, people, people don't like to put themselves in the shoes of another person, especially a person they disagree with. So the minute you start talking about, I don't support Fox News and I don't support people like Glenn Beck or Rush Limbaugh, but, but there is a benefit in being able to listen to that rhetoric and at least have a concept of where they're coming from. Yeah. Again, I don't want to justify, I don't want to excuse, I don't want to to say that anything that those uh, horrible human beings say uh, is 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 good for humanity in any way, but being able to look at that and say, okay, I at least can grasp where you are. You understand so now how I can communicate the with messaging you is. Yeah. 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 Or, or where it's coming from or what the intent is. Now, um, what's, uh, what's on the agenda for you right now? Because you currently are, you are a designer, but now you've gotten into this field of, of visual creation here with, with After Effects. You, you have grown exponentially in the last like 10 years in the kind of design work that you do that is more multimedia based, that is more um, technically inclined on, on like that digital level. What, what happened there? I mean, is it getting you away from theater or is it making your theater better? Or how do you feel about this intersection that you're at right now? Oh, I think it's definitely making my theater uh, better. I'm still very much, uh, uh, I, I, I love designing for live theater. Um, I mean, I think there's a there's a very long story I could get into about wh- why I'm doing the type of design I'm doing now and why Please. I'm not that I I, <laughs> I don't necessarily know is is extreme. It's it's kind of meandering. I think I think so so um, 
as you know from growing up and from the the like the the few little film projects that we did you know i i definitely showed up and walked around on set for you several days in high school and then we made a really uh a, 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 i think a really powerful little short uh right I saw after it. our freshman i saw it recently college. yeah i love did it did you really yeah I, exterior I, on hd we yeah. should put it on youtube yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll put it not? on youtube it's, i don't care there's a there's there's a there's a moment that it, I'm not super proud of uh, with the with the way we treated somebody on set that I, every time I see I cringe a little bit but um, but I think that the, the the end product is still is still pretty powerful. I forgive you, but I think however you treated me, I forgive you. It wasn't you, sadly. <laughs> it was it was a anyway. Yeah, um, we'll talk later. <laughs> we'll talk later about it. Anyway, uh, I think so. So being sort of intrigued with film and understanding, like I remember watching the, um, the, the Lord of the Rings appendices the first oh, time yes. and it was believably uh, informative to me. I did not understand what film was like. I truly think that growing up into my teens up and filmed a bunch of people talking like I knew there was a script and I knew there was acting. I knew, you know what I mean? I knew all of that. Like, mm-hmm. this is not a real life thing we're watching, but like what it means to make a film and to cut between two takes that were filmed potentially days apart and ha- build a conversation about that. I didn't understand how that could be done. Mm. Like my brain couldn't like, or hadn't, built that in my because i was so and all the arts i had done was also theater so it's all it's all in that moment it you're felt, creating yeah a like moment i think people. it was like lacking the sense of of um the assembly part of it whereas like our theater education is more real time let's do this now you know right. it's existing and unfolding right. but it's the gathering of the pieces that uh, totally yeah but i i also wanted to comment before you continue we i, I just think it's interesting how we are like a behind the scenes generation like it informed so much of our work and the oh, way that yeah. we see things it's it's really peculiar thank god for dvds i think that i enjoy behind the scenes of a movie often more than i enjoy the movie for sure yeah there, <laughs> there are there are many times where i've sat down and been like i don't really want to watch lord of the rings but i might put on the first dependencies today <laughs> <laughs> it's been four hours watching them build something so I was, but again yeah that, I was cleaning I the basement. How I look at theater. Yeah, I was cleaning the basement, and I literally put on behind the scenes of Fellowship. And uh, you know, my son was here, and he was like, "Hey, what's going on?" It's like, dude, they're designing the orcs. They're like, <laughs> they're going over everything. And I'm so so sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I was just saying, like, I think that 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 also speaks to that moment I said earlier, where like. Once a show opens, I, I don't have a lot of interest anymore. Like to mm-hmm. me, the fun is being in that room. Like the excitement is to be in the room building something. Oh yeah. And so, and so to to sort of go back to to we, uh, I got to Seattle and uh, was trying to do theater, and it was really hard. And I was trying to do a day job also, and I didn't understand. I stopped acting because I didn't understand how someone could have a day job and try and go to rehearsals for five weeks and mm. then do a show for four weeks. Like yeah. the time commitment alone just, just did not make any sense Massive. to me. Which is which is when Gabe and Keeter and I started doing and at and i think the reason we started doing it was because like we just wanted to build stuff like we just thought no one else is gonna let us do this so so fuck them we'll just do it ourselves like 
there, there's no reason why we we have a we have a crappy little camera. We have a a, a house here that we could clear that room out because nobody <laughs> else lives here. Why not? Let's just like let's just do something, you know. And I think that once we started doing that, and I started getting the editing and I started getting into the after effects and I started looking at what it means to, to take an image and, and, and manipulate it in whatever way in order to tell the story you wanted. And then I did uh, Ernest Shackleton with, with Alex uh, Nichols. God, that must've been 2014. And I watched for the first time I was watching somebody with four really big projectors pointed at a set like mess around in Photoshop for a second and then make this gorgeous thing appear. And I remember thinking like, that's what I want to do. Like I'm a lighting designer. I understand what it means to use light in, in theater. I I've been making this web series for five or six years. So I understand what it means to use like video as a storytelling element. And so to marry those and put them on stage, uh, is a is a dream like it's perfect it's the so, only thing i want to do. so you yeah yeah that sounds awesome because you all this time while you were doing and that you were acquiring another tool for the job and that's exactly it right again it it all comes down to understanding your toolkit understanding what's in your toolbox and figuring out how to use that to to build the thing that you want to build and so and so Video is such a powerful tool, but honestly, when you put it on stage, what you're getting is, is movable light. Like I'm using it the same way I would use, I would be a set designer or I would be a lighting designer. Like you, it's still just part of that thing. And so figuring out how it augments or how it shifts or how it heightens what it is you want to do, like, like, yeah, that, that to me is, is, is the dream. And so, um, much like what you were doing with video, would you say that the same philosophy extends to other disciplines? Like be curious outside of your own medium. Do you think that's a, a fair assessment of, uh, of this whole thing? thousand percent, thousand percent. I think no matter what it is you do, like if you're a person who, uh, designs recipes for pizza, understand what it means to to bake all different kinds of bread or understand, you know, how people create cured meats or how cheese is, is, uh, pasteurized. Like all of those, all of those things are part, can be part of your toolkit. Mm. And it just because I, just because I do again, capital T capital A arts, like just because that is the thing that I, the discipline I find myself in. I don't think that that is any different than any other part of, or any other any other skill that uh, can put in. I get, I I absolutely love listening to people talk about a thing that they are passionate about. And to me, it often does not matter what that thing is. <laughs> if somebody if somebody is extremely passionate about uh, the the raising of of goldfish in big tanks, like. I will, I'll be all aboard that. Like if you can come at me with that passion and that knowledge, and I know that you care so much about what it is that you, that you're talking to me about, man, you've sold me. Like, that's all I need. Life. It's like, why the hell am I in front of a lake fishing? Oh, it's cause I saw this podcast like, you know, three days ago or I heard this thing. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, 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 Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history, man. It is, I think 
is that is that the Buman Buman recommendation of the week? Ooh, or man, every day I mean, of the I can week? Give you a couple, but recently that is I am I am just give me your top I'm three. In, I'm in, the one the I'm ones in, that psych you up. Uh, from from them. Uh, just podcasts in general. Give me give me three oh, podcasts pod- that'll light up your world. Oh gosh, what a big thing! <laughs> so I I immediately have to put my brother, my brother, and me. Uh, the the McElroys are a brand of comedy that I did not know I needed in my life until I found out that they were there. Um, Revisionist history is a huge one for me, uh, and probably reply all Hmm. uh it's um uh they call it a show about the internet but it's basically just all kinds of straight it's like it's like the people at radio lab reply all is their favorite podcast like it's that kind of it's just oh it's so spot on it's so good excellent excellent well you you give me some uh to listen to i i've heard of uh i've heard radio lab i've heard um Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, but I do want to check out my brother and me. Cause that sounds just up my alley. It's, we need to laugh, dude. We need, we need to, Oh yeah. God, God almighty. There's just way too much. Uh, and I'm sorry to make it religious. Uh, but I'm, you know, you know me, I'm having a religious crisis every now and then. Um, sure. but, uh, what do you think is something that you do that really helps you get through the day as an artist who has had to have a day job, who has had to do the the shitty jobs who has had to do like here's eight hours of my day that don't go toward my art what gets you through or has gotten you through in the past um are are you asking for like a like a daily thing are you asking for a thing that i treat myself every so often if there is a daily thing whether it's whether it's uh you know maybe it's not every day maybe it could be like every other week or what is it that has is now ingrained in you that you have to do as a creative who who has a day job or had a day job i would say i'm going to be general at first and then i'll talk about my personal experience with it yeah i would say don't be afraid to do something that feels like it's wasting time the way i would employ that is i've played video games my entire life since i was four when i started playing super mario brothers initially and there are times now where like me sitting down and playing three hours of mass effect puts me in such a better headspace than if i were to say no that's a waste of time i gotta go work i gotta go be productive like productivity is a lie uh It is. It's. I think it's a complete lie. I think that. I think that the way we in this in in our culture value, uh, or or put value on quote unquote success and quote unquote productivity is uh, absurd. And 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 the way that the only way you can be happy in this life is if you are you know, moving towards that thing. And I think that that is absolute garbage. I think that, I think that you can take time and play a five hour game of D and D and be, and, and the fact that that can make you happy and can make you feel satisfied and can get you excited that like, 
no one should ever feel bad about that. No one should ever feel bad about binging a television show if it makes them calmer, if it makes them happier, if it makes them feel good. Like we, we think of career success as the only success that matters. And I think that that is uh, tragic. Absolutely tragic. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't agree, Buman. I, I totally disagree. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You know, to each their own. No, you no, know? no. I'm, Work I, it makes you happy. Yeah, I man, say I'm, do it. No, but see, you know, I do have to tell you this because it's it's been such a change in my life. My son really enjoys video games. Uh, it's his generation now. I mean, I think there's a complete integration now because they're so proliferated, whether it's on a cell phone or a tablet, whatever. He still has sure. limits, obviously, like he can't play all the time, but having that opportunity to bond with my son over video games, in particular Minecraft, and I was going to tell you, like, we really just oh. kind of bonded over Minecraft and... It is it is sublime, uh, my friend. What a yeah. great game that is. And, and now, like, granted, he's better than me at actually doing survival mode. I'm still kind of in creative mode, trying to get a sense of things, but... It does just give me this. It took me twenty years, man. Like from when you first told me, it's like, oh, yeah. dude, just play video games. It's like you're you're dictating the story. You're doing this and that, and then you can just chill, you know. And I'm finally understanding. So thank you for being patient with me because it took me twenty years to understand that artistic well, lesson, and it only had to happen and, through my bonding with my son. And I, th- and I think it's I think it's also uh, again if we just want to talk about video games for a second. There's I think. <laughs> They are so important uh, in a in a strange way. I think that that they do so many good things for us in in the fact that they are gorgeous art, especially now. Like some of the stuff they're coming out with now is just mind blowing. Yeah. How how just unbelievably beautiful you can make an image on a screen, and not only make an image on a screen, but make that that image interactable. Like it's just unreal. But then also when you get something like Minecraft that is in itself an artist's medium, like, yeah, like you can, you can just go in and, and be a carpenter or be a painter or be, you know what I mean? Like, like build giant, weird, creative, either realistic or not realistic, or like the sky's the limit. And I think that, being able to exercise that part of your brain, like if we want to talk about how do you put arts in 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 the hands of of Middle America, fucking Minecraft is the way to do it. <laughs> like it is, it is make something that is that is not uh, looked down upon by by either side of of your political field, and make something that is that is not just fun but also breeds creativity. And I mm. think that I think that hopefully we're going to start seeing more and more of those types of games. I don't know what um, systems you're running on. If you have a chance to play this game called Grounded, Grounded. it's like okay. it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the video game, but it is ostensibly Minecraft. Like huh. you, you go around and pick a bunch of stuff and you craft stuff and you build a base, but you're this tall and there's giant spiders after you. Like <laughs> it's the wildest stuff, but it's again, just so gorgeous and such a smart idea that huh. like, I feel like a, I feel more creative after I play a lot of that stuff. Hmm. That's gorgeous, man. I, I do appreciate that. Uh, we have the switch and we're kind of nice. looking at stuff 
uh, there, but slowly but surely, you know, we'll get to some of those games. Um, we got, I got to get your, uh, I got to, I got to get your code, man. Okay. We got to, we got to sit on animal crossing together. Oh, that's true. I, dude, I still have a tent on animal crossing. I like nice. Ma- Maddie's like, she's like a hundred thousand dollars in debt in, in my, in <laughs> animal crossing. She's got this beautiful house. My son has his own house. He's like giving me stuff like right at leaving them in my tent here, dad. So you can do something, treat yourself to something nice. And I can barely, I'm, oh, I, I'm just perfect. very slow. I mean, talk about being very slow. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, but otherwise, man, I, I'm just so grateful for you. I, I can't even thank you enough for being in my life, for being the kind of artist that you are so unique to what your pursuit is and never surrendering that and being from Wyoming, the courage that it takes to be you in a place like Wyoming, that sometimes isn't as kind to some people who are just a little bit different. I'm incredibly in awe of you and you're still one of my heroes because of what you do, how you live your life. And, uh, I'm insanely proud of you. Thank you. Insanely same. proud I mean, of you. I'm I mean, the same, same to you, man. I, 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 I'll say this on that same note. I ran away from Wyoming. You know, I went someplace <laughs> else where I wasn't going to get picked on. You're, you're doing this stuff in the belly of the beast, baby. Like that's, <laughs> that's courage. Didn't have a choice, you know, but this is the, this is the contradiction. <laughs> this is the contradiction of Wyoming. I missed it. And obviously, like, I couldn't afford to live in Seattle with a family. But, you know, I missed Wyoming. Yeah. I missed Wyoming. It, and, I, yeah. I, I 100% understand that. I definitely, uh, uh, the, the amount of, of homesickness that I, I, especially over the last two years, uh, have felt is, is, is pretty significant. So for an artist, do you think artists have homes? Do you think they have a place to go to? In particular, the life of a theater person that is somewhat, you know, moving, constantly changing. Does an artist belong in a home in one place? Or does the artist have to explore and continue to move always? Oh, I think that that is contextual and subjective. I think that I think that some people, uh, uh, like pull the artist completely aside. I think that some people are more comfortable, uh, and exist better with a routine or with a, a place that they can go to every day or a place that, that they exist that makes more sense. And I think other people absolutely need the opposite and say, if I was in that one place every day for my life, I would go crazy. And I think that, that, there are artists on both sides of that aisle that some people just thrive and are an unbelievably creative when they can go to the same office and feel comfortable where they are. And other people need to be in a room they've never been in getting yelled at by a director who they've only talked to over the phone. Like I, I, I truly think that every single person is, is different in that motivation. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't, dare to to say that one is better or more right than the other i think for me i really enjoy having the stability of a place that i can go to but i also uh i mean currently i'm in san francisco for almost two months and uh, i'm loving it here like you know waking up at 5 a.m and hours a day and then coming home and not being able to sleep like (laughs) that is very fun i i'm really enjoying it 
I couldn't do it consistently for my entire life, but you know, for the month I get to like, I'm also really excited to go back and see my cats. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, I yes. think that, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think, I think it, everybody is going to handle it differently. And because of that, uh, we need to be able to embrace uh, both sides and we need to be able to say, what is it you need to be comfortable and creative and how can we help you achieve that? So you just have to be very, very honest with yourself and very clear about how you want to go about achieving this. Because as you were talking with the, the student from UW, it strikes me as it's essential for you to delineate or be specific about how you're going to go about doing this, pursuing mm -hmm. this career, right? But but also be open to the change because you're going to think that you want to do one thing and then you're going to start doing something else and it's going to be uh, a completely different, amazing thing. And you're going to go, oh, crap, I actually want to be doing that, <laughs> but I've put all my time and my energy into this. So should I abandon it? And I think like, hey, if if that seems like the way to go, like you can't be afraid of making those choices hmm. or, or you know what I mean? Like all of those choices are going to come up and, and you just do need to make one of them stick with the thing you, you are with, but also know that you let that go. Like, I think that's the, that's the hard part is the regret of, Oh crap, which way do I go? And right. I, and that's going to be individual. That's everybody's going to hit those choices and everyone's going to have to make them based on different things. For sure. For sure. And just to, just to kind of uh, try to wrap it up, I want to ask you, what are some things, is there anything else that, because we've covered a lot, is there anything else that you'd like to share to, or share with somebody who is struggling with a day job, who doesn't think that they have time for their creativity? There's a lot of working class people who have a creative impulse, who have an artistic drive, but just can't materialize certain things. Is there any advice, anything else that we haven't covered that might be useful to these folks who are trying to stay creative, but also trying to pay the bills. Um, yeah, uh, you're not alone. I mean, it's, it's so hard. It, I think, I think that, hmm, I, sorry, let me just figure out how I want to say it. No, you're I fine. think, Having impulse to want to be creative is you've already done the hard part. Like feeling the need and the desire to do something. If you can find that and you can have that fire, the rest of it is, is, is icing. The rest of it's just, just gravy like you you can't even if it is five minutes a day on your on your you know right before you go to bed and you sit and sketch for a second like the needs to do that is is what a lot of people ignore not the actual act of doing it and i think i think embracing that and saying okay this is all i have time for i'm gonna do uh, uh, one paragraph of writing, like you've already won, like you've already, you've already done it. And even if it's just for you, even if it's just for your partner, even if it's just for 
you know, a, a, a friend across the country who, you know, you talk to once every six months, like that's fine. There's, there's no, there's no reason everybody in the world needs to see or hear the thing you did as long as you're proud of it and you've shared it with the people that you care, uh, see it. And I think that that, I think that that is the important thing. A beautiful, beautiful note to end on. Dude, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. I love you. you too, man. Um, where where can they find you online? Do you wanna do you wanna plug some of that stuff, or do you wanna let them know what uh, what you're working on? Sure, my <laughs> online presence is 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 pretty slim. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram at b dot human design. Uh, I you can find me at uh, on uh, YouTube at L Good Times. Uh, That's right. Check out and I think it's just good times i'm not on almost any of the rest of them i just don't have a lot of uh a lot of need (laughs) and and you know what we will uh we may have to uh to talk again about that because social media is just such a a beautiful can of worms that we can discuss until the cows come home i'll tell you what i'll say this uh instead of trying to find me online uh do me a favor and look up a local production that's what i would say oh hell yes well done. <laughs> yeah. Go to one, go to one show. My, see show. my stuff's fine. Go see someone who's local to you. <laughs> oh man. You wonderful soul. I'm going to stop recording because I want to talk to you for just a moment, but, uh, sure. thank you so much, man, for taking the time to thank do this. You. Uh, yeah. incredibly grateful and, uh, hope to talk to you again real soon. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We done? We done? <laughs> we, we did, did see it. We did it. We did a damn thing. <laughs>